Good morning. Y'all look great. I love to see you guys smile. When you guys aren't smiling, you make me nervous. Like, what's wrong? What do I have in my teeth? Oh, God, so good. do this. I'm going to show you a group of pictures. And I want you to think to yourself of what these pictures have in common. What these people have in common. The first one is a woman who is struggling in life, whether anxiety, depression, and she's been going to counseling for over six months. And she is not getting any breakthrough. And she just thinks that by going to the counselor, things are going to be okay. And she doesn't apply anything from those sessions. And yet she finds herself morning after morning, day after day, stuck in darkness. The second one is a man who knows his marriage is on thin ice. His marriage is broken. He doesn't know what to do. They're helpless. And the end result of divorce is growing brighter and brighter and brighter. And yet, he just refuses to go to counseling, to go to church, or to get any kind of help because the problem is not him. The third one is a teenage boy who has been accepted by a group of kids that have been misguided, unloved, devalued, and they find their affection in drugs and alcohol and sex. And he has believed that these are the friends that he is worthy of having and that he is not acceptable enough to have other friends who will accept him for who he is. And the fourth one is an adolescent teen who is stuck in a relationship with a boy who doesn't love her, doesn't value her, and is abusing her verbally and physically. And yet weeks go by, her girlfriends, everyone around her tells her to get out. More weeks go by, months go by, and she's still in the same abusive, unhealthy, dark situation. And so I ask you, as you peer into the faces, as you peer into the situations on the screen, what do these four people have in common? My dear friends, what they have in common is they have believed lies about who they really are. And by believing those lies, they began to think, speak, and act out those lies. 
to where they have become captive to their dark scenarios filled with guilt, shame, and fear. And so I ask you, what do you have in common with these four on the screen? You see, all of us, even right now, this very moment, are in a battle of our minds. We battle ever, every waking second with lies about who we are. And when we believe those lies, it begins to go deep down into the iceberg of our hearts. And we begin to live it out. We begin to act it out. And we begin to believe that that's our identity. And we wonder why we're walking dead people completely miserable in life. But I want to give you hope today. I want to give you hope. And there is hope. And there is only one hope. And it is found in Jesus that brought the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God that can't be shaken. Completely perfect filled with holiness, filled with God himself. No sin, no pain, no sickness, no brokenness. The kingdom of God came through a baby called Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ brought the hope by doing what no one else could do for us. We have hope that the battles we face face today in our minds of battling lies about who we are was bought and fought for by Jesus on the cross and was defeated in death in the grave and was made victorious through the resurrection. And so today, we're going to look at three verses. Three verses from 2 Corinthians 10, which is our chapter of the day. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to pull it out. If not, you can um, check on the screen. Pastor Danner, can you come here real quick? Go ahead and pull out 2 Corinthians 10. We're going to read it from three translations. And I think what we're going to find today is these three verses, if we let it, have the absolute power and the authority and the ability to completely wipe out the lies that we face and battle in our lives. And so I ask you rhetorically, do you want that? Do you want to be able to fight the battles of the lies and the darkness that comes at you, sometimes it's in milliseconds, that defeats you. Do you want victory over that? Because if you do, there is hope found in these three verses. Yes. 
And I can preach till my lips are blue. I really can. I'm not going to. Well, I'll try. Within the time frame I have. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate it. I have to be honest. Uh, there's nothing like coming up for a sermon and uh, no notes. You spell that S-U-C-K-S. <laughs> Thank God for Google Docs. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. Where was I? <laughs> so let's look at these three verses, and we're going to look at three different translations. The ESV, the New Living's translation. New Living Translation, and the message. The message is literally a, a, a paraphrase. It's just kind of trying to wrap it up, not a word for word, but like what's the thought of the Bible? A guy named Eugene Peterson. So just so you know, it's going to be a little different. But I want us, if we really, really, really want to walk in truth and everything that God has for us, and we want to become who God says we are, this is pivotal. This is crucial. This is paramount for your life and for mine. So the first one, ESV, is for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh or according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. So there's a battle going on. There is a war taking place in your life and mine. If you don't think so, it's time I love you to wake up. Because if you don't think there's a battle going on, you're losing already. We destroy our, excuse me, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy strongholds, by the way. Strongholds is just like this this uh, fortified wall or fortified city that people would use to either hold captives in, prisoners in, to where they literally could not get out if they even tried. And sometimes a stronghold was literally for protection against the enemy. So it says the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but of divine supernatural power to destroy the fortified walls of lies in our life. We destroy arguments. Do you know that you have destroying power in Jesus? Most Christians, if you look at them, they don't look pretty destructive, do they? Maybe in a negative way. But let me ask you this, just spiritually. When you wake up, does the enemy say, oh crap, he's awake. Oh crap. She's getting on her knees and she's praying for her family. Or do you get up and the enemy says, just another day. What am I going to bombard him or her with today? We destroy arguments in every, say every, every, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought, say every thought, every captive thought. to the obedience of Christ. New Living Translation says this. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. 
We use God's mighty weapons. If you're a Christian, a follower of Christ, you need to understand that you have weapons. You are not defenseless, y'all. You are powerful. The Bible says that greater is he, Jesus Christ, that is in you through his Holy Spirit than he who is in the world. Because you have weapons, but they don't look like the earthly weapons. Not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds, there it is again, of human reasoning, the mind. To destroy and to destroy false, false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture, say capture, their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. You have authority. Let me say that again, maybe a little softer so it doesn't come across harsh. You have authority. You have authority. Daddies, you have authority over your kids. Not to abuse them. Not to neglect them. Not to condemn them, but you have authority to raise them up as godly men and godly women. Mamas, you have authority over your thoughts and your emotions and your will. You have authority over that. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts. You see this like battle terminology? It's because the battle is real. We need to wake up. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And now let's look at the message. Creative paraphrase. The, world's, the world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. How many kids come home from school and say, that's not fair. And you just say, suck it up. <laughs> Life's not fair, right? But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Stop it. (laughs) Never have and we never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. The battle is real. Now, we can't necessarily, some of you may disagree, and that's okay, but we can't necessarily tangibly see it with our physical eye. But it is so real that you will see the impact and the results of it. Jesus said this to one of the Pharisees, Nicodemus. Nicodemus was talking about how can all this be in the spiritual stuff, and Jesus is talking about being reborn again, meaning We need our sinful nature removed, and we need righteousness put in. And that's what Jesus was trying to say is, Nicodemus, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to take care of all that. And you know what's cool? Is Nicodemus was a faithful follower of Christ after that. So awesome. So awesome. But anyways, Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said this, can you see the Spirit? Nicodemus said, no. He says, the spirit of God, the spiritual things are like the wind. 
You can't see the wind. But man, if you look at the tree and you're in North Carolina right now, boy, can you see the impact of the wind. And friends, the spiritual battle is just like that. Your physical eyes can't see it. But boy, is it real. And I want you to... I want you to know something, because this is really powerful. I think it's going to be on the screen. Is this. The battle that is still raging today has been bought and fought for and purchased and finished and made victorious through Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. The battle that you are facing right now now, today has been won. Amen. Can you imagine, guys, gals, if you like these kind of movies, I'm just, you know, not trying to offend you, but just pick your favorite classic war movie. Your battle sci-fi, whatever it is, battle movie. And just take the side that, of course, we're all rooting for in the movie, and they already know they won. It is guaranteed that they win. Number one, the movie would stink. The movie wouldn't be the movie that it is. But how would the characters react? It would be a completely different plot. And it's the same way for us spiritually, from the front here to the very back of the lobby, that the battles you face today and tomorrow and in the future, especially the ones that we face in our minds that bring us to those four pictures that we saw earlier, have been bought for with the price of Jesus' blood. Let's look at the, the cross. Jesus came to die on the cross. And the Bible says that it was actually for the joy worthy of death and eternal separation from God. But that's how amazing God's love is for you and me. Is he wants us to be with him. Stood in the gap between us who were dead in sin to a holy, righteous God who couldn't be with us because of sin. That's the next picture. I know you might have a difficult time seeing it, but it's the veil. The veil was in the temple in the biblical days, and the veil represented, and it even was literally physically a barrier between God's presence and man. No one, no one could get to God with sin on their hands. We even had priests carrying the temple in David's day. One touched it improperly and was struck dead right there. God's presence, his holy righteous presence was placed in the most holy place. And only once a year a high priest could go with a sacrifice, a sacrifice for atoning, covering, and justifying our sin. And when Jesus took his last breath and he said, it is finished, that veil, which oxen could not even tear on either side, that veil tore from the top to the bottom, which they say was absolutely impossible. How many of you know that with God, all things are possible? Right. 
And Jesus was just making a statement when he said, it is finished. It means your sin and your failure and all the lies that have haunted you, they are drowned in his forgiving blood. And when he said it is finished and that veil tore, that was a really, really loud sounding alarm for everyone to hear, especially the demons of darkness, to know that the battle, the last boxing round, was taking place. And the battle was going to be won. But that didn't stop there. He had to literally be dead and placed in the tomb, which represents your death and my death. The moment we breathe this earthly oxygen, we breathe in the sinful nature. We do what we don't want to do. We do the things we don't want to do, and we don't do the things that we know we should do. We are wretched, we are wicked, and in that sinful nature, we are hostile and rebellious to God. Do you know that? There is nothing within your sinful nature that can get to God or repent or even run after God. That's what makes the cross so beautiful. It's because he does it for us. But we have to understand that we are dead. Spiritually dead without hope of a savior. And if the savior of the world stayed in the tomb, all hope would be lost. But how many of you know that three days later, Jesus had the final say? The kingdom of God had the final say. And he walked out of that grave alive, fully resurrected, fully God. And he told the enemy that you are now under my feet. I will crush the serpent with my heel. And Jesus then, this is the cool part, he then gave that same authority to everyone who would believe Jesus as Lord and receive him as Lord. Amen. You have that authority. The battle is won. It is finished. The battle is over. And Jesus is Lord. And yet, we still struggle today with the lies of who we are. If we could get a spiritual look right now in this room, we would see so many shackles and chains and fortified walls up around so many people. And if the battle is won, why are we still in bondage? Why are we still captive? Why is your lead pastor up here still struggling with discouraging thoughts? I can't tell you how many, I shouldn't say this. I can't tell you how many times I walk off that stage feeling defeated and discouraged because I have believed a lie that I'm not worthy enough to do this. But I tell you what, God's doing something in my heart. The enemy is running for his life because I'm starting to understand the power and the anointing that I have and the spiritual giftings that God has given me to kick Satan in the face. Not by my might, not by my power, but by his spirit. And you all need to start learning to fight that same battle and start kicking Satan in the face. And so I'm going to teach you how to fight your battles today. 
I'm going to teach you how to fight your battles by this word of God. By these three verses. It goes like this, for our weapons of warfare are not earthly, but they're spiritual. And they're powerful. Our weapons are powerful in destroying strongholds. And we cast down. Do you know that that physical word cast down has power? It's not just, you know, pushing it aside. It's literally like cops who cast down a criminal that's running away from them and that they're in danger. They literally cast them down and use their authority. And I'm talking about healthy situations. That is, when they operate in their identity of who they are and the authority that they've been given. So with that thought, we cast down every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Did you hear that word knowledge? The battle that we all face has been won at Calvary and the empty grave. However, the enemy's, and I believe this is on here, the enemy's chief objective The kingdom of darkness, his objective, Satan himself, the father of lies, is stopping the kingdom of God from advancing in your life, my life, Elevation Community Church, all the churches, the body of Christ, and those around us. He knows the battle is won by Jesus, but he's going to do everything he can to stop the kingdom of God from coming here on earth as it is in heaven. You have to understand that you have a real battle going on in your mind. And there is a real enemy who hates you because you belong to Jesus. And he's going to do whatever he can. And the best opening that he ever will have in your life is your mind. And you need to learn how to fight your battles. The greatest battles in your life will always be in the mind. Think on that for a minute. So this is how we fight our battles. Number one, we bring every thought to light. Before I go further on the steps, I want to give you just a, a brief illustration if I can. I don't know if you've ever been to like an adult club or uh, I can't, you know, I'm saying this in church, you know, a bar, adult place, club or whatever, and they always have bouncers, right? At every entrance and exit. And what's the purpose of the bouncer? Is to keep those who shouldn't be in there out and to let those who need to be in there or who they want in there in and then to protect those who are in there. You see what I'm saying? And I think like protector, I'm so sorry to call him out, but Jason Whitaker, could you just stand up? Look at this dude. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm going to embarrass you, dude. Look at this dude. Like he is a bouncer. I love you, brother. <laughs> Will you be my personal security guard, please? I mean, when I talk to this guy, I'm like this, you know? Um, this, that's a visual. And if I had a, a, a Kyle Schaus, I was expecting him to be here. I was going to have these guys come up and literally lift me up and hopefully throw me off the stage, but not too hard. But what I want you to do is, what, do, what does a bouncer do? And I'm going to go real quick. First of all, they say, get out your ID. Right? 
Reveal the truth. Reveal what you got. And then we got these smart adolescents who think that a counterfeit is going to bypass some of the best bouncers that we have. And so what do they do? They look at it, and they look at the information, the facts, but then they line it up to what they know and what they observe and what they see. And then, if that young pup is either lying or not young enough, or old enough, excuse me, what do they do? Some of them even will grab them by their shirt collar and say, you don't belong here. Get out. Don't come back. And if they still won't leave, which Jason was there, I would be gone. But if they still don't leave, what do they do? They kick them out. And so I want you to have that bouncer illustration in your mind as we go through these steps of fighting your battle. Because you see, you are the bouncer of your mind. You are the security guard of your mind. The Bible tells us that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we need to bring every thought to life. There's a scripture verse that goes with that. Bring that up, please. Ephesians 5.8 says, For at one time you were in darkness. How many of you know that when you're in sin and living a life uh, outside of Christ, you're in darkness? But now you are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. So we need to tell every thought that comes into our head. Listen to me. Get out your ID. Get out your ID. Whatever thought it is, you're not qualified. Okay, let's bring it to light. How do we bring it to light? Let's be practical. How do we bring it to light? Number one, speak it out wherever you are in your car. Verbally speak it. Make sure no one's around. But verbally speak it. Get it out in the open. Nothing good grows in the dark. Nothing grows good in the dark. I'll refute you on that. Nothing good grows in the dark. Some of you are like, well, I don't know. Nothing good grows in the dark. Expose it. Write it down. I was meeting with a friend this week. And this person was dealing with battles and lies and insecurities. And I said, write down that thought. You know how difficult it was to write that thought down? You're exposing it. You're bringing it to light. And then speak it out. Speak it to a safe friend who's not going to judge you, who's not going to condemn you, and who's not going to tell your pastor. <laughs> speak it out. Bring it to light because that thing, here it is, that temptation, that insecurity, that fear, that shame, and that guilt, and that worry. I understand worry, y'all. That it's not just enough to say, I'm going to stop worrying. That doesn't work. But it's the first step to bring it to light. You speak it out. And when you do that, that shame, that guilt, that worry, that insecurity, all of that begins to weaken. 
I promise you, try it. Bring it into the light and the thought that's in the dark that seems so overwhelming and so overpowering, when it's brought into the light, it is weakened. And then when it's weakened, you can change it. And then when you change it, you guard it and protect it. And when you guard and protect it, then you live it out. That's how you fight your battles. Number two, you know the truth of God. Bouncers have to know what they're looking for to make sure that they don't get fooled by a counterfeit. Bouncers need to understand what date, birth date, is the limit for people to go in or to be kicked out. Let me ask you this. Do you know the word of God? Because the verse says, we cast down every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. How would you know the knowledge of God if you don't know the truth? Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You want freedom from the lies you're facing. You need to know the truth. Let me tell you, Google is our friend. If you don't know how to read a Bible concordance or an index, go to Google and type in whatever you're struggling with and say scripture for anxiety. Scripture for fear, scripture for pornography, scripture for abuse, scripture, I promise you. And as long as it's the word of God and a healthy translation, it's going to give you scripture. If the weapons are the knowledge of God to you, why wouldn't you do whatever it takes to know the truth? Of God. Number three. Now this is a short one. Well, I've already said this before. But use your God-given authority over every single thought. You have authority in Christ. He gave it to you as a free gift. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, which if you're a follower of Christ, it does. Whether you know it or not. You have authority over every thought. You are the bouncer and the security guard of your mind. What are you going to do with it? You have a choice, y'all. Yes, some of your walls and your fortified walls and the chains are really thick, so it's not going to happen overnight. But you start making a decision now to speak the truth of God and to believe the truth of God and the lies that line up to the truth of God, you cast them down. You get rid of them. So that goes to the next point. From your God-given authority, you begin to have life-changing thinking. There is never a time where you're not thinking. Even if you're daydreaming or even if you're sleeping, your brain was created to think. Romans 12, 2, I said this before. We are to not be conformed to the patterns and the thoughts of this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Here's the thing. Get this. You might want to write this down. You can't be tempted with something you're not thinking about. Woo! You can't be tempted with something you're not giving authority to think about. You have to change and reverse your thinking. That's what the importance of repentance is about. You have to rethink your thinking. 
You have to reshift your thinking. That's why I did the prayer this morning after worship. We reshifted our thinking. And there was amazing peace. I don't know if you felt it. It's because we shifted our things on the things of Christ. Bill Johnson from Bethel, love this guy. I wish I knew him. Uh, he says this, if we can settle onto these two things. This is up there, thank you. One, we hear, say hear, hear. the Lord, and then hold to what he says regardless of the circumstances. And we allow the Holy Spirit to affirm our identity as children of God. That's where the lies come, is at your identity. Then all the other temptations in life. Woo! All of the other temptations in life lose its bite. Because those who know who they are in God. Are not going to lure themselves for something so insignificant and self-destroying. You need to reverse your thinking. Before we go to application, here's two verses I just want to share with you very quickly. Colossians 3.2, I don't believe it's on the screen, says, set your minds on the things of heaven. Think on these things. You have a choice, and you are the bouncer, the security guard of your mind. Philippians 4.8, one of my favorite verses, says this. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence... If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Paul knew what he was talking about. And he says, what, have you, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the best part is this, the God of peace will be with you. And so if I could ask no moving at this point, the band's gonna come forward. I want to walk you through for just a minute. I want to equip you to fight your battles the way that God tells us to fight our battles. Number one is we have to bring our thoughts to light. If your thoughts are down here in the darkness, they have control. When you bring them to light, you weaken their control. Why? It's because you have authority over your thoughts. Number two, you align every single thought to the word of God. And as you do that, you hold that thought captive. Why? You're in control. You have authority over that thought. That thought does not have authority over you. If you think it does, that lie is controlling you. And you need to rethink your thinking. I can say that because I'm there daily. I fight that same battle. And that's why we need each other, church, to remind each other that the battle's already won. Satan's defeated and he knows that. Right. 
And we need to speak truth into our lives. Just thinking it, church, is not going to make it go away. You need to declare it. And you need to put it under your feet. That's why it says take captive. And those things that are not of the Lord, you cast it down. So as the band starts, if pushing away distractions is helped by you closing your eyes, go ahead and do that. I want you to grab one lie that you have been battling this week. And if you can't think of one, maybe go towards pride. I've been there. I think everything's going great. I'll fall on my face. It's because I thought too much of myself. Or I thought too little of myself. So what thought have you been battling that has had negative impact on your life. Think of it right now. Grab in front of you. Now you say, show me your ID. So look at it. Write it down. Speak it out. Bring it to light. I feel unworthy. Imagine thoughts. I feel like my husband doesn't care for love me anymore. I feel like my wife isn't attracted to me anymore. I feel like a failure because I can't get my studies and I can't get my grade up. I keep failing at work. I must not be qualified for this job. God's called me to do this, but I just don't see anything happening, so maybe he didn't call me to do this. Whatever that thought is, you need to hold it into the light. And now, you say, okay, the big dog's got to show up. What does God say about me? Do me a favor. Take that thought and hold it in front of you physically. Hold it in front of you. Come on. Don't make me look like a fool. Hold it in front of you. And now I want you to take your thought, and I want you to speak truth over it. Well, I don't know the Bible. Well, we just think great it's fear, the song that they're playing right now in the back, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in Jesus' love. Speak that I was bought for with a price. That God who created me is faithful and he will never leave me or forsake me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And nothing's a lie, nothing's going to separate me from the love of God. For he who has called me is faithful. And if that lie is still not lining up with the truth, you cast that sucker down and you put it under your feet. And you got to do it day after day after day, moment by moment. Would you stand? You need to declare the truth of God. And I want some people, I, I know I'm using Christian terminology, but I want some people set free today. How many want to be free from the lies that are tormenting you and keeping you away from your God-given destiny? Then stand up and take authority over those lies in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship.